0: Good evening and welcome to episode 26 of the 3 on 3 podcast, another weekend of Elite League action, and to coin a um, bit of a title of a song from years ago, 4 Becomes 2 in the title race, as uh, two teams decide to tap out of that. As ever, we have the diva of the group, and I couldn't give a toss what Scott's like this weekend, if I'm honest with you. Uh, Good evening, gents. How are you both?
1: Uh, We're okay. I'm Okay. Bit annoyed with uh, Belfast storming away with it and every team is just doing their best to allow it to happen. I'm not happy about it, but, you know, we'll talk about that later.
2: Uh, Very good. What a fantastic sporting weekend for the city of Coventry.
0: No words that can be repeated on this pod. Uh, Our guest voice this weekend, another person, quite frankly, I can't give a toss about, but I'm delighted he's given up his time. I'm delighted to have him on again. uh, Lewis, Good evening, mates. How are you? And thanks again. Thanks for giving up your time this evening.
3: No problem, mate. Uh, yeah, heck of what Scott said. It's been a marvellous weekend. So, yeah, I'm in a very good mood. Good for you. Um, jokes aside. Um,
0: Manchester with a four-point weekend, along with Belfast and the Panthers. Panthers with a four-point weekend. Guilford and Cardiff, too. Sheffield with the one points. And Scotland, null point. Um Gents, very quickly, we'll start with John. Uh, highlights this weekend?
1: You'd have to go with uh, Mr Levin's goal. saw it yesterday in real time. Couldn't believe how good that goal was. It's obviously bounced around social media to have the balls to do that in a tight game. Yeah, fairly decent to be fair. That was probably the standout moment of the weekend.
2: Uh, highlight for me is uh, Saturday night in Sheffield going behind twice uh, and, and getting the win and looking quite comfortable in the end.
3: Yeah, uh, same as Scott, and just for me, just sport in general. It's just been a wicked weekend, hasn't it? And um, a shout out to the country of Sweden as well for producing some fine, fine sporting people.
0: Ah, it's good that these little things occupy, you know, and entertain little minds and all that jazz. Um, it's going to be that whole night, unfortunately. No, jokes aside, um, my highlights um, I'm going to go Livyne's goal. Um, that was naughty, but in a good way. Um, and it's made bar down, it's made TSN. Um, fair play. So, as we mentioned, four becomes two. Um, yes, you could say with the results this season, you can't rule it out, but let's be fair. I think Cardiff and Sheffield have now tagged out of the four horse race. Um, Scott, just because I know you'll enjoy this. Um, we'll talk about Cardiff uh, and Sheffield first of all before we go, um, Guildford and that. The results, it's just, if, to keep in a race, the results they haven't it's just not good enough, really.
2: No, and it's since that that semi-final with Sheffield, they've not been able to score um, last weekend. And then this weekend, they had the chances to put away the blaze going up and twice, but the blaze were always in it. And the two breakaway goals that the, the blaze scored kind of, Points fin- fingers at Fox for riding Mr Greenfield who has been immense this season but he was not at the races for those two breakaway goals and again tonight for the overtime winner and I'm not putting any blame at him because he can only do what he did. not but he's played every game this season and you've brought in Levine and not played him a minute he did the same with Brodeur a couple of seasons ago what, what is it with Mr Fox and his acquisitions and bringing these goalies in to not play them. And it's alright bringing Valorant and Akeret in. But if you've not got the goalie who's going to then win you those games now, that's it. I think, I think Sheffield are really out of it now. Because it, it just looks like in that Sheffield squad, it's all a bit of a temperament now and everything's a bit flat. The, the, the game on Saturday night, you mentioned about the crowd being flat. It really shone. not on the, the webcast, even when you were a goal up, it just looked like it was a bit of a morgue. And I don't want to talk about fans being loud because the Blaze have struggled in the last few years, but it just, it, there wasn't that oomph about getting behind a team who could still be challenging for a title. It just seemed, yeah, not for me.
0: I think there's a few things that I want to re- go through in what you just said there, Scott. First of all, the, the crowd. The crowd, good in numbers, but there's no energy. There's nothing whatsoever. And I think it's, again, from that semi-final. You know, the week before, the weekend where we couldn't score, if you gave them a fistful of 50s and sent them to a, a Denneville repute, there's just no. There's just, there's just a kick of atmosphere. There's just nothing there. The fans are down. And, you know, there'll be certain voices that will call them detractors who complain and they're not real fans. Or not, but there's only so much you can do to fans. And fans, fans sometimes do need something. Um, to get them going. Give them something, they'll take over. And there's just nothing at like that. There were nothing against Fife the week before. There were nothing this weekend. And it kind of, it is, it, the atmosphere is just dead. It really is poor. And we, we sit near the drummer. Uh, and God bless the person. Tried the hardest. And it was just a, just a dead cause. It was just, there was just no point. Might as well just sat and watch the game. Um, Greenfield. I'll be honest with you. He, on about Sunday night's game He looked fucked There's no Some of his plays Some of his decision making And bear in mind This is a kid who came in Who everyone was like mm, Probably going to take 10-15 games of Oslo Has been the standout Up there with the best in the league He just looked fucked He should not have played tonight Not because he's not good enough Everyone knows that But the kid's fucked He's tired He's been rolled to hell So why have a goalie That's not even on With with this, this injury this There's illness so you're missing players. Why is he even on the bench? It just there's just a baffling logic behind that. There's to to anybody, whether you're a happy clapper or you're just miserable. There's no logic that says this makes sense. And um, yeah, I mean, say Sunday night's game, I mean, with appreciation that, the, and you hear too many sources where there's illness and, and you're dropping about our favourite Brandon Whistles not um, lined up recently for that reason. Um, it, there's just nothing there. There's just a, it's there's like the the point from an empty cup. There's just absolutely nothing. And I'll take nothing away from Coventry both nights, uh, Saturday and Sunday. Value for the points. But you, you, like you say, it's a team that, with all the results going the way it has this season, should still be thinking they're in a race. But there's just no way you can say that they're in this race now. And it asks a lot of questions. There's an atmosphere now towards Fox. Uh, that is very much. Look, the, the percentage is increasing. Of he's done, get gone now. Never mind end of season now, and that's a worrying atmosphere for any ownership, any coaching setup when that starts increasing. And we all know how Sheffield fans can be quite a toxic when it comes to not want, wanting change um, in the coaching setup. Paul Thompson being the classic example. Um but enough settled for this part for now but you, you know Cardiff okay they, they beat Guildford but they lose to the Boga team and we'll bring Scott in at this point sorry John my apologies Um, again everyone knows that Cardiff cannot win in Nottingham but it's just kind of again it's another one of the results where if they are going to be serious about being in the race and they talked on Wednesday night that they're still in the race they have to win them games even with the with the hoodoo, whatever you want to call it, still have to be done. And losing again, it's kind of just, uh, it just feels like they're also tapped out of the race.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I actually got to see both Sheffield and Cardiff for the weekends. Um, not gave give us a bit of a weird one, to be fair, for Cardiff. Uh, I think, to be fair, the first two periods, they looked a better team. Um, Jones was having a great couple of periods, and it could have easily been a goal, two, even maybe three in Cardiff advantage going into the third, but he kept it tight. Um, Kelso scored a cracker of a goal as well. He really impressed me. Young lads, so I think he's only a year or so away from maybe being in the national team. Um, and I don't know, it's just, like you say, the the, the hoodoo of, of Nottingham kind of struck again because I still can't understand how the, the game went the way it did. Panthers obviously got a two-up, or two, 2 and a brother. So the 11 goal was just, you, you just have to shake, it, you know, shake your head at it and just clap your hands because you can't really dispute a goal of that quality. I don't understand what the reason is why Cardiff always seemed to die in that arena, regardless who's coaching or who's playing. I don't believe in the coach. I think a bit like you said about Fox, is a lot of uh, consenting uh, unconsented, whatever the word is, of so people amongst the Sheffield fan base. I think a lot of Cardiff fans are, are kind of pissed off with, with with him at the moment. It doesn't seem to be... Any plan B, he doesn't seem to sort of know what to do when the, with the tide's going against them. He doesn't come across as a Cardiff coach to me. I don't understand how he's in the in the role. Um, they're definitely out of it now. There's no question. Belfast are just literally flying right now. You you, you can't keep dropping points regularly. That, that's like three on the trot. They've lost in Nottingham again this season. I'm pretty sure Nottingham hadn't won a home game this calendar year before last night. So Cardiff did what Cardiff do and went up and then just decided then to um, basically just roll over in the thirds and, and then cost them the game. And I just think it's the competition between maybe Fox now and DuPont, who will be the first to go? I know that at least one's on a multi-year contract, which obviously is Mr. Fox. Whether that applies to DuPont, I don't know. But that's two fan bases who expect more, two clubs who expect more. And the way it's looking now, they're both out of it, and they're just fighting to come third or fourth, which is not good enough for either team, really.
0: Lewis, I'll bring you in on this, because I I'm, I'm, you know you have watched Sunday night's game and I'm, I'm guessing you watched Saturday night's game. Uh, looking from an outsider's in perspective at Shefford and you've seen, obviously, some of the card games when they play commentary, it's, you look at the, the teams and when you think these have somehow stayed in a, a four-horse race for as long as they have done, it says, A, how shit. this season has been in terms of results but teams that with fan base that expects to be into the last minute and again for both from, in terms of the title race they just flat to deceive
3: Yeah it, it's a weird one like, they've both gone through a weird sort of stage lately where I think they were both on some decent winning streaks, gathering some points, making a bit of momentum or catching up with the the Guildfords and the Belfasts, and then all of a sudden their consistency's just gone out the window. They're sort of win one, lose two, win two, lose one. It's just all over the place with, with what they're doing. And I think you touched on it with what you were saying about Greenfield on, on Saturday night. You know, it's hard to point fingers at a goalie. And on one of the breakaways, he's he's took a gamble. He's sort of tried to cheat. He's got caught out. You know, that can happen. But he looked tired, and yeah, like should he have played on Sunday? Maybe not. Maybe give the other guy a go. It's an, you know, it's a must-win game for your season. Um, but I, I felt that throughout the whole team, um, sort of watching Sheffield over the weekend was normally Sheffield. I don't know when they when they play Coventry over recent years, and I think just in general in games in general, they're never dead and. They always have that spark. And even on, on the game on Sunday night, you know, they, they tie the game up to take it to overtime. Sheffield Steelers of, of former years go on to win that game. They don't then lose that. They they might not even get it to overtime. They might, you know, quickly score two, And it just seems they've sort of run out of steam a little bit. And, and the same for Cardiff is it's a long old season. And, you know, Cardiff have obviously been playing in Europe. Sheffield have gone deep in the cup competition, has that. Maybe affected them in terms of their energy levels, consistency, and just keeping on top of a 60-minute performance week in week out.
0: Okay, like I said, everyone, there's the talk of, of illness going through in, in Sheffield, particularly. I'm not gonna lie; it looked at tonight, the sluggishness um, of a lot of them. You, you can tell there's something that's been going around the team, and uh, it's okay. It's, it's kind of the worst time for it to happen because people go, "It's excuses." But, you know, when Ivan Hill says the last thing I want to do is do any exercise ever mind play um, sort of sport at that level. So it, it just feels like it kind of comes at the wrong time. But it's not the first weekend of a one point. It's not the weekend where the results have, and the performances have been lacking. So you kind of, I mean, we'll touch more on, on Sheffield very shortly, but it just feels like it's at the wrong time. And the same happened last year that Sheffield started to leave the race. And like last year... Somehow dragged out. Maybe it was the double headers was late in the season because of the rearrangement due to COVID. It, it just feels like it's, it's a missed opportunity again with a team that looked pre-Christmas, flying, and it just you know. And Cardiff in fairness. Once it got once after the semi-final chance trans- county cup, they looked good. They looked like they were starting to fly. But again, it's just they seems to have dropped off. Changed tacked slightly, very quick round the table, but the, the form team. At the moment, the Manchester Storm. What the hell's that about? And I apologise if this makes you all gents, because it's rarely that you get to say that. But six games, six game winning streak. Um, if ever there's a team that really are doing the business, uh, we'll go John first. It's the Storm at the moment.
1: I confess, I haven't even noticed that. I've been so focused on watching what happens at the top and hoping that Belfast drop points. I know Storm have won a few games, but I certainly didn't think it's a six game-winning streak. Fair play to them. Um, Hopefully they'll count for something and they can knock off Nottingham for that sixth spot and knock him down to seventh because that would be absolutely hilarious. But, um, yeah, fair play to them. They've uh, thrown in together, winning run together, rather, under the radar as far as I'm concerned. I didn't pay any attention to that. So, uh, good for them. And hopefully they can keep their run going into the playoffs and they can knock out a big team and win the whole thing. Stop Belfast doing it at least, anyway.
0: No, we don't want to see too many. We don't want to see too many smug Manchester fans. It's bad enough for Gref. Uh, Scott Lewis, very quickly, you know, as teams at that that end of the table, where they were kind of touch and go of being making it, not making it, they're putting in a run at the right time to really cement that spot and actually find the unicorn dust that is Manchester Storm making the postseason.
2: Yeah, I mean, fair play to. Them. I mean, five of the last six games again have been against Glasgow and Dundee. Uh, the the only one up score would be. Struggling Sheffield, so they're winning games they should win if they are going to be competitive, but they've still got to win them. And it is unheard of for Manchester to win six games in a row. I don't think they'll have enough personally to cause an, a real upset come playoff times, but fair play to them for being in the mix.
3: Yeah, similar to John, I, it was sort of like you said, um, it's kind of gone unnoticed a little bit that sort of six games in a row and I was just having a try and have a quick look through like there've been some very very you know g- big wins in there as well I mean obviously you know they they beat Sheffield um but it's beaten the Dundees the Glasgows um a couple of times each which has sort of given them that little bit of uh space that they need in the in the playoff and obviously they've overtaken Nottingham as well now so um, yeah, fair play to him. I think the signing of DeLuca's been really good there. He's uh, been an excellent player for them. I mean, we all know he's, he was a good player anyway, but he's done really well there. So, yeah, fair play to him.
0: Now, he's certainly getting the shot in the arm. We said that last week, and he's just continued to show it. It would be amiss of us not to mention the very top of the table. Guilford carry on with the points of the drop-two in Carniff, but Belfast continuing the run. And I don't know about you guys, but it has a fear that they're Going to actually overtake Guilford, Just the way the run's going and Guilford's starting to drop a point here and there. It just has that feeling that Belfast are going to really do it and uh, make it, what is it, 115 in a row? I think it's
1: 116 if you ask John Smith, to be fair. I think you missed him one from about 2000 and whatever three that he's going to count. They're going to win the league. They're going to win the league. Let's be honest with you, they've got a four point gap now. They've got the two games in hand, admittedly, Guilford Gil- um something Isabel pointed out to me earlier, there are a massive disparity in terms of the um regulation wins, I didn't pay much attention to that stat until tonight, to be honest with you, so it was good as a five-point lead ahead, and I only hope this could be, like, one of my other crap predictions. We all know I'm crap at them. I'm going to call it now. Belfast are the champions. I just hope to God I'm wrong. Anyone but Belfast. But yeah, they're certainly... Uh, flying but what other fan base after a four point weekend could end up rowing amongst themselves about a social media post tremendous
0: the world will in it
1: the gift that keeps on giving is a four point weekend and they find a reason to be angry with each other gotta recommend that fan base
3: yeah they've been very good I think I said the last time I was on the pod I I said I don't think Guildford will see it over the line and I picked Sheffield, um, and obviously that looks like it's going tits up as well. So, um, but I was looking sort of before I come on. Uh, Belfast in their last five scored 29 and conceded four, and won all five games. Guildford in their last five have won three of them, but they've scored 16 and conceded 17. The form is just ridiculous that they're in, and I was looking at their running and sort of put in quotations expected to win games so that's against sort of the Scottish teams Coventry and Manchester Um, Giants have got five that you would quote-unquote expect them to win and Guildford have got eight so with that four-point gap and the two games in hand it could be a really really interesting end to the season I mean obviously anything can happen and they've still got to play each other in Cardiff and Sheffield and teams like that but um, they play each other the penultimate game of the season and I have a feeling that might be the title decider if it's not already decided by them. That could be a very, very, very interesting game.
2: Yeah, I, I am not... I am not rolling out Guildford in the slightest. Um, Blaze have got a double header in Giants land this weekend, and we have not won in Belfast uh, since the Titanic was made in Belfast. It was... Uh, it, we really struggled there, but who knows for this year... It's been that topsy-turvy. The only thing I would have with Keith and the Giants is Keith's a winner and he knows how to win. And I feel like that's where the Devils and the Steelers have lacked and Dixon's won at lower level. But there's difference when you've got coaches who know how to win. And that's where Keith has that uh, that little kudos point to him. Yes. um, No. I am not rolling out the Flames at all. And I hope it goes down to that penultimate game. Because that would be a crackerjack. It would be good if Fireplay got it. Can't see it happening. But yeah.
0: they'll probably Not show, rolling out the Flames. They'll probably show Dundee Glasgow. <laughs> something like that. Um, when they should have, like, last week with the semi-final second leg, like they, they should have showed the second leg. Because that was just the absolute bomb burner that we all know what happened. Um, yeah, it... it I think that's beginning to be the different shower that Keith knows how to win at this level. Dixon's won. Everyone knows that. But it's a different kettle of fish at the top level. And that's no disrespect to him. He's had a couple of years, a few years where he's been able to get find out what you need to do, learn the learn the ropes, one of a better phrase, at this level. And he's this year outstanding. He's done a cracking job so far. And like Scott says, I'm not ruling out. Um that uh, sorry, uh, I'm not ruling out Giants actually not doing it, and Flames um, winning the um, the league. You can't rule them out, but Keith just has the now He has, you know, he's been there, he's done it. He's, you know, he's won the t shirt. Never mind, wore it. And you gotta, yeah. It's, it's, it's just that's the thing with the season. You it's, you just had so many crazy results, and you think one weekend you, you're out, and the next weekend. You know, in two weekends' time, with a set of crazy results, we could be saying, "Well, actually, we were wrong that Sheffield are out." I'm not saying it's going to happen in any way, shape, or form, but just the results, how it's happened so far this season, you kind of just can't predict anything. So, I, I do still think it's a two horse race now. I think it's Belfast, uh, Guildford. Um, I just don't know how that's going to go, because, like, I say, you know, they could still—that's—that's assuming Belfast don't drop points; they're likely to drop points. Um, yeah Who knows
1: That's I think The key there I think for any team To be challenging To take on Either Belfast or Guildford They've got to win out From this point onwards You've got to win every game You really have Because In Cardiff's case For example They played Belfast Twice over there Would obviously Have to get a four point weekend To even stand a chance Same with Sheffield If Sheffield want to win the league They have to win out Because of course you would be playing against Your rival teams In, in those games and you hope they can drop points elsewhere. That, for me, is the key element. Though the only Belfast are the only team not dropping points right now. So fair play to them. They're playing so consistently. Guildford, Sheffield, Cardiff, they're getting little runs for the losing games. They're not going five, six, seven games undefeated at the minute. And I think that's where the gap is is starting to get bigger and bigger. Like a fortnight ago, Belfast and Cardiff and Sheffield were all amongst each other. Now the gap's what, five, six points between those teams. Huge with 10 games to go. That's a big, big ask for me. I'd like to say that it isn't over, but I do think it is. Um, Guildford is our only hope. And that's assuming obviously they can beat those in those couple of games towards the end of the season. And Cardiff can win a couple of games in Belfast, hopefully, just to sort of, uh, you know, hold them back a little bit because I don't think a summer of Belfast winning potentially the cup, of the league and the playoffs will be a very nice place to be on social media. I think I'll have to hibernate all summer long and ignore hockey till October, I think.
0: It's fine, John, because we'll have Great Britain and then they'll have a summer and we'll just, you know, put everything on mute. It's fine. The contingency plans are all set in place. I've got to say one thing in terms of Sheffield. As, like I say, I still rule them out now. But they have six games against Car- Cardiff, B- B- Belfast and Guildford. If by some chance... They win five, six of them games. You can't still. And that's why I'm saying that just the way the results have gone so all season, they get them five wins. And then now they're kind of a last minute tapping back into the race. It's, it's like, I mean, John's been excellent in his predictions, but you just can't really predict what's going to happen this season. And uh, I mean, we all want parity. We all want closeness. We're getting it. It's just we'd like it to be a bit more something that we can predict.
2: David, sorry, with Sheffield, do you not feel like there's a gloom on the face of the players as well? And that's kind of been since Valorant and Akred come in, as much as they are great, great players. Oh, well, um, there's
0: massive things that's, that I would it like big... wouldn't happen. But I'm kind of going flip side. They win these games against the Cardiff, the, the Guildfords, the Belfast, and you throw them back into the race. I can't see them winning enough to get to do that. But by some form of fluke. You know, this time of season, you don't care how you get the points. It's how you just get the points. And they they get 10 out of 12 of them points. You go, oh, hang on. The teams have lost around them. They then just find a place within that race. It's, it get, it's just how crazy it's all gone. And it's it's good viewing, I suppose, but not for those teams who are uh, are in there. But, yeah, the, I must admit, there's, there is something amiss in that respect, which we can go on very shortly. Talking of losing it, um, we'll talk about the Sunday game, Cardiff Guildford, where it all um, handbags at dawn, and even the goalies got penalties. Uh, four players getting five plus games for fighting. I don't know if that was because it was like in the last two minutes. Um, but, guys, very quickly, uh, a bit of old school hockey down at the at Ice Arena Wales.
2: It was a. Uh... The, the big blue tent was back, I think, for for a, a little while there. It it shows that when Guildford are losing, they like to fight, and everyone's jumping on that. But for me, it shows that they have got a little bit of fight, and if the game's lost. Might be putting their little marker down a little bit. Uh, there were some interesting uh, penalties with the goalies getting called for leaving the crease at the end of the game. There's a video going around on social media. A couple of scraps. I, I'm, I'm all for it and I know the Belfast fans and the Cardiff fans are jumping on Guildford for showing a bit of fight but I don't know am I in the minority here that I don't mind it?
1: No, I'm with you as well I think if I was a Guildford fan and my team has lost the game I'd rather see a bit of passion ok it might be a little bit too late in the game you rather see that passion maybe from early on in the game but sometimes not just don't go your way, it doesn't mean to say they weren't fighting to try and get a result, I'm sure from their point of view to win that game would have been huge, another four-pointer over another team that's contending with them as well, but yeah if you're sure a would better fight to the last second of a game I'm all for it as well, because I think it just rallies your buddies, you, you know, your teammates with you for the next few games you'd rather see that than going down with a whimper uh, and, and looking like you don't care um, I only have I've only seen the, the videos, of course, I haven't seen anything more than that. But uh yeah, it's probably the first that action we kind of seen in, in that ring for maybe four or five years. There's not much goes on in terms of fighting in that arena. Um, you know, I'd scrap here and there with one on one, but seeing three or four guys mix it in almost a full line brawl. Yeah, proper old school hockey and uh fans I'm sure who were there and loved it. Definitely good. All for it. Yeah, it's
3: it's interesting to see, and there was also a fight I think in the first period as well in that game as well. So it will not so. It's one of them like they've shown it I think a little bit more recently. They're willing to sort of fight and put their marker down. And yeah, I, I I enjoy. I mean, I'm I'm an old school ice hockey fan from 20 years ago when that stuff was every five minutes. So I I enjoy seeing it and I have, I I don't mind it at all, but. Yeah, it's interesting. Like you say, we've I've seen the videos on social media, nothing to see what's actually caused that to happen, just seeing the sort of scuffle at the end. But no, I've not got a problem with it at all. If if anything, I think it's good for a team like Guildford because they're not really renowned for that sort of stuff. And it just shows a bit of a different side to them, a bit of character, a bit of fight. Um, you know, you saw it. The other weekend, where you've got a team doing a Mexican wave on the bench and nothing happens, I'd rather see my players at the end of a game getting a bit pushy-shovy and having a scrap than letting things or letting teams take the piss um, when you've lost a game. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm all for it. I'm I'm all for it as well. Uh,
0: Again, if you're going to lose the game, okay, fair play. The other team's got the points. Put your marker down, like John said. They're in a race. And it sends signals that, do you know what, if you're going to beat us, okay, you'll score more goals. If you're not going to out-beat us physically, we're going to stay in this race, we're going to be a nuisance. We've not stayed in this race as long as we have just to give up the ghost. And yeah, we've said the dropping points at the moment, but at least, as I suppose, from a Gilf- if you was a Guilford fan, at least, given that this is new territory for him, this is the type of hockey that at least gets them behind the team. Whether they just think everything's great or they're, they're miserable, buggers, everyone gets behind that type of hockey because they care. They, it's, it's that perception that they care for the team. They care for what they've done so far the season. They're not just going to go, we've had a good start, but a great middle, and we've thrown it away, we don't care. They're showing it to the nth degree, to the last second, until they have to, to skate off and get changed and go back home. They're showing it. Any hockey fan gets behind that. Whether you're like us, old school fans, or even new school fans, you get behind that type of hockey and, ah, you know, I I love it. The goal with penalties on the video I've seen, I'd love to speak to an official to go, how the hell did they get the penalty? Because at the end of the game, it's done. You can't say they're leaving the crease because that indicates there's game time left. So unless someone goes, actually, this is what the rule is, and I'd say fair play, I'm not sure that was right, but that I think that's the sixth fight this season that's been a five plus game and wasn't in some of them weren't in the the last two minutes, so it's this interesting I hope it's not a trend move to every fight becoming five plus game. I really do hope that um, it's because that that would the games become too vanilla in that respect, so to go every fight five, five game would would kill off a lot of fans. Uh, a lot of fans who don't appreciate or we don't have the skill that Europe have because that's a normal penalty fight in Europe. And I, I just hope it's not the case. I don't know what you guys think.
2: What I would like to say about Guilford is, uh, you know, the Belfast fans were jumping on and being absolute fucks last week down in Toryland. I haven't seen a Guildford player mug someone. They've not attacked them from behind. It is... Let's go. Let's have a fight. There's not been that horrible mugging. So when people get annoyed of Guildford acting the way they do, they're not going out to do what was done in yesteryear with a sucker punch and that sort of thing. So whilst they're losing their heads a bit, they're not going OTT. And Lewis has just popped up in the chat and said it was Hogarth reffing. So, you know, you know my thoughts on that guy. He's going to make it about him.
0: It does and, and and I'm not gonna lie, he, well, the games I've seen him do before, um, and the season it's always there's a little bit of element about it where it's it's caught everything to the nth degree as though you're being monitored to get a world championship game. Uh I'm not sure he's actually had many gigs. I'd be if he has I will take it back. Uh but not sure. Um we'll move on from them. It's gonna be end of season, we're gonna go to the last weekend without doing anything, I think. And that's good. Not for those teams involved. But one team that has had a bit of a collapse. A collapse not seen this great since the England batting lineup in the 90s. And I'll start in it. It's in Sheffield. And I'll let Scott start this one. It, it does feel that with certain signings made, maybe panic, although talented players, a rocky boat has really...
2: Started to uh, sink quicker than Titanic. Yeah, as as I briefly said earlier, there's no there's no smiley face on that Steelers bench, and as much as a a, a great gob scorer Valorant is, since he's come back, he he's not got his scoring touch. Yes, he scored in his first game against Belfast, but he's hitting posts. He's he's looking deflated, and then he's getting caught up in petulant plays, taking penalties like today. Uh, Sunday night sorry with Halbert he's getting into a little roughing penalty and I feel like he's kind of distracted from the other team Scott Allen's gone missing I I hardly noticed him Uh, until tonight Martin Latell's name has not been mentioned and Fox on the bench Sheffield announced before the game against the Blaze that they weren't confirming their line-up to to after warm-ups and there was a Steelers stupidly put out this picture of Fox with his coaching staff and his two coaching staff are chatting and he's just looking forlorn, looking at them going what am I going to do I don't know why Sheffield put that out but I presume Mr. Simms was behind the camera and he's got his weird and wacky ideas David as a fan what what do Sheffield need to do to bring this back?
0: First of all, Alan scored tonight. Uh, sorry, Sunday night. Um, but I agree, he's again been a little bit off the boil. I was talking to a friend of mine who came up who lives in London. He's a renowned uh, person in the league through his time as medic for London teams, both the Knights and the Racers. But his sons are very much Steelers fans. But it weren't that that the thing. It was when he said, "You know, we're all old buggers. And we're all miserable." Maybe we just need to find a inner child and smile and and just enjoy it and just be glad of and that was said about the fans, but when you think about it, it's like maybe the club as a as a whole needs to kind of find that inner kid that can just enjoy it you say that result against Fife, if it didn't come across on the pod, that was a kick in the gut, other words probably better used, and it has carried on at the arena. It's one of them places where, yeah, it's not always good for atmosphere. But when the fans start turning, it quickly turns. And you can tell, you can feel it. It's not when it's good. That takes time to feel it, if that makes sense. But when it's bad, it it just goes quickly. So maybe we all just need to. I don't know. It's, It's one of them where you look at it and you kind of think, it's going to be okay, It's going to be fine. But... Nothing's going right. Now, like I mentioned earlier on, there's, there's a lot of talk. There's illness going through the camp. There's players missing. There's people dropped out. Now they that not missed the game against Manchester. Campini missed uh, Sunday night's game. And, you know, that's always going to have an impact. But it's just that atmosphere. They're in the swagger. A lot of people take the piss out of Sheffield for having a swagger when things are going good. We make sure people know about it. And that's not a bad thing in respect to if you know you're good. Show it. Remind people. I just think like there's too many things happening. There's too many things going wrong and stuff where you think someone needs to grab it by the scruff. There and go, illness or not. Let's go back to fucking basics. Start from the beginning and just get ourselves back into a place where a through fluke results we get back in the race, or we get ourselves prepared for a three week three week season for the playoffs. It's one of them either or. And if they do that, the fans will get behind them and there'll be the smile. I mentioned that the, the pod after the semi-final like about five minutes at the end of that, that regulation time. They saw it, and the fans got behind. And they got behind. I've not heard the arena as loud this season. It's doable. A few moving parts need to move quickly and just get everyone on that same hymn sheet who knows? But at the moment, it's it isn't looking good. It is looking bad. A lot of people that I sit near were just: this is boring, this is predictable, and and these are people who've gone to hockey for a long time. They're not just new people and just going, oh, we're not winning. No, stop sort of that.
1: Dave, a bit of a maybe controversial one, but do you think signing Valoran was the right signing at that time of the season? You can't really argue with the guy's previous. Statistics in the, in the league, we all know he, can, he knows where the net is. He, but for me, I'm not—I've never saw him as a, as a team player. Uh, I've seen quite a few re- recent games of Sheffield where the team did look fairly settled. Lines were looking fairly settled, and there was decent scoring amongst everybody. Newman was scoring goals, Alan was scoring goals, um, and and it was kind of the, the scoring was throughout since it it came. Was it more about him? I I just I don't know. Maybe I'm completely wrong. To me, he's a bit of a marmite kind of player. Is he? Is he divisive in the room? I don't know. I'm just sort of speculating because ever since he's come into the to the mix, I'd say the team looks a little bit disjointed. The lines don't look as 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 good as they did before in terms of there's not as much fluency. A lot of, every game, the lines are kind of changing quite a bit as well. And that like maybe being be unfair, but he's only brought three goals in what 10, 11 games since he came back. I, I'm not convinced that was maybe a good signing, other than just, just trying to play certain people in the, the Sheffield hierarchy.
0: We mentioned this team predominantly was a team that was signed that was just going under the radar. Just do the business, do the job. Campini, Allen, Newman, they just kept under the radar, just did the job. The one thing you cannot say about Valorant, he's a player that goes under the radar. Now, has that upset the apple cart? I don't know. Perception. It looks like it because it does look like things have not been the same. And you, you could go, oh, the time is convenient That's like where he came in. Whether it's the right signing. One thing that a lot of Sheffield fans were saying is, yes, we're getting points, we're getting goals, but we ain't got a goal scorer. And when you sign Valorant, knowing what he can do in this league, what he has done in this league, you go. Well, that's the signing we need. That, that's the piece of the puzzle that's missing. But it's just not gone well so far. Now, again, it, for whatever reason, by hook or by crook, he gets into something where, come the last four or five weeks of the season, go up to the final four, he's unstoppable. But again, when I mention that you need to give us something as a fan, And as I say, it doesn't matter whether you're happy, clappy, or curmudgeon, or you just talk sense or whatever. Give the fans something to to hold on to, to fight for. And yes, sports teams need to do that. It doesn't matter what sport, whether it's hockey, football, rugby, cricket, whatever. Give them something to go, that's my team. That's why I'm behind. I wear them colours with pride and all that. Give us something. At the moment, illness or not, there's nothing from Sheffield. And whether they've just poured too much from an empty cup, I don't know. If they can do it quickly, and we've seen the team, we know that it's in there. If they can do it, the fans will get behind them. But I think on this occasion, the team needs to give them something.
3: I think the the word you used a minute ago, David, was, was right, the, the word swagger. It's really weird with <coughs> Sheffield this year. And I've... I found it recently with, with Aaron Fox in his sort of uh, post game interviews, press conferences, whatever the bloody called is. he's He seems very, very negative and he confuses me a lot of the time. He talks a lot about, you know, in Fife, he talked about you lost the game in the second period. Well, nothing happened in the second period. Like, you were three goals up. What are you talking about? Like, and the games against Coventry over over the weekend, he, he was talking about, you know, oh we had a, we had a lot of shots and we didn't give them many chances. Okay, so why are you losing the game? Why are you then not capitalising that? What are you doing as a coach where there's a lot of small mistakes that creep in? You you guys have spoke about things with Petgrave pinching out the play, some soft turnovers over the weekend against us. I mentioned it earlier, you know. Games against us over the weekend, you were ahead twice at home and lost the game. You scored late on to equalise on Sunday with you know about ten minutes left. You go on to lose that game in overtime. Sheffield Steelers don't do that, and that's that swagger that you're talking about. Is where is that swagger? Is there something that needs a shake up in the lines? Do defensive pairings need a, a change? Does the the goalie need a rest? Like where? Does it come from? For me, it sort of stems from Fox, and admittedly, I don't watch them week in, week out, so you know a lot better than I do, but it just seems very weird, and yeah, as I say, swagger seems to be the right word. There's just something missing, a spark there that is very unstealer like.
0: I'll answer a few things, and I mentioned it in the previous pod where he was spot on that we probably lost the five game a second, and I'll come on to why I mentioned that. And and some of the stuff in other news where you're saying, yeah, you're right. However, when it comes to the accountability, it always starts from the top. And in sporting terms, it's always your manager or your coach. And as I I mentioned it, again, post 5 game, it's him to make the changes to go, I'm seeing this, I need to change it. Now, I'll repeat what I said there because it answers, I think, fairly what you're saying there, Lewis. Whether he isn't, and he's just got this one plan, or he has alternate plans, which no one watching the game will watch the bench for 60 minutes to go, oh, I've noticed that line combination. Oh, they've not done this, blah, 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 and all that bollocks. So people say there's no plan B. I generally don't buy that as a as a line, as a a rule because, well, no one watches it. You're watching the actual the game itself, so you don't actually physically can go, I've watched that for 60 minutes. It's been the same all the time. And a, a lot of people say that, and I, I, it's just not like a standby. But is then the players not answering and doing what the coach says? Now, if that's the case, to me, at the moment, we have a couple of, we've got injuries, you know, people get the spots and and go from there. Once everyone's fit and healthy, people sit, people get benched, for me, if they're not going to listen. Because that's the ultimate, well, if you're not going to listen to me now, do something in the media room. Oh, you're not going to ice, you're not getting the adulation. And it, I think it stems from there. But it's happening a lot. And very recently it's happening a lot. And you've kind of got to go, something needs to happen. Something needs to change. Do well, you know what? I'm going to go left field here. If he don't get a decision, he loses his shit. Old school Paul Thompson. Grab the sticks. Launch him on the fucking ice. Just something. Galvanise. Danny Stewart, got to mention Danny Stewart last night. He said, apparently, he's one of our players that said something on Saturday night, in front of the bench, stoked to fire. Now, I was impressed he didn't complain about the long intro. Good for him. Um, so if they're the little things that's going, counteract it. Do something that good. You know what? Get the sticks. You don't like the call. Get tossed out of the game, but ignite the fire. Do that. This seems to be a very. This is this is the way I do things. This is how I do it, and there's no variant from it. And I'm not on about plan B's. It's just his his manners, his his ways. He talks. He looks a he looks a beaten man. His interviews recently, he looks a beaten man. Now, people can call this from an arrogant perspective. Sheffield coaches. Nottingham, back in the day, Cardiff, Belfast. Their coaches aren't beaten Them States. teams have a, they, they, Sorry John Let me just visit. They have a status Where you are not beaten You don't show you're beaten At the moment Aaron Fox looks like He's beaten And yeah. It kind of just Seeps through So for me You know what I'd love it next Sunday At home And do it at home Because I think it's important To do it at home Do you know what You don't make like a call Get tossed out the game Get a two game ban Launch the six Do something Because I tell you something how much does the crowd have started to turn on him? If he shows that passion, that just that I'm happy with this and I've got to show it, they get behind him. The fans will actually get behind him and then it somehow turns into something. I think it kind of got to that point where roll the dice, Aaron. You know, show us a different side to you. You, know, you, you. you launch your iPad on the floor. Does nothing. Get the sticks on the ice. Do it. I think that's where we are now.
1: That was literally what I was going to say to you. To me, in the last maybe four or five interviews, it does feel like he's literally that man who's lost. He's a beaten man, dead man walking, all that kind of business. The problem is, though, he's on a multi-year contract. I know contracts in sport being jack shit. We all know this. Maybe it's a little bit different when it comes to hockey in this country because clubs tend to stick with the, the deals they've given coaches, players, whatever, not so much players, but definitely coaches, giving him a three-year contract now seems like a big mistake, because if there was no three-year deal in place, I think he'd be gone already, I think the, the fans have, have lost a lot of patience right now, and as as an owner, Tony Smith can't be sitting around ignoring that, because if you lose your fans, you're, you're in, in the shit, and I think he's a lucky boy, he's got a three-year contract in his back pocket. Do you think without that being the case, he could be under pressure right now or do you think he'll just survive till the summer and they're going to hope that he just puts it right and again recruits a team that on paper, this team should have been good enough to challenge for the league, but goes one one step further? Because to me, I'm not convinced he's a coach still. I'm not convinced he can coach as well as recruit a team.
0: I think, I mean, there's always that magical two-week notice that may be sorted into the contract where we have the, the we have the right to to use that. Um, I have been in my mind trying to go, do you know what? Try and do something, fight for something from this year, but next year is your last chance alone. But just seeing and feeling the way the home crowd's turning, I don't. You can you can easily read on social media how everyone's unhappy, but and I I had myself into this we all not experts, but we also don't know the rules. We also don't know... There are things we never know. There may be things that are impacting behind the scenes that no one ever knows. And that's not just Sheffield exclusive. It could be any team. But Sheffield, because of the number of fans, because of the more fans, it's more vocal. Uh, when he, we need to do change. We need to do this and, and that and the other. I think he just needs to do something just to change how he's doing things. And again, I'm going on a very... Very small, minor example of of beer league coaching in what I've done before. If you can change that that persona, yes, he's done something that he believes is successful. But sometimes you need to do something to get the fans behind you. Now, for the grace of God, I never had fans watching when I was coaching, so I never had to worry about that, but he does. And it's easy to see the fans going, oh, all's great, all's good you have to listen to sometimes the negative side and it's getting them on board. The job is, from the on-ice perspective, get every type of fan on that same hymn sheet. I now I do genuinely believe now, if he were to do something like that against Manchester, I don't know, get an argument with, I'm going back to Blaisdell years. Get an argument with the Manchester coach and then punch him. Just something. Some of that just gets the fans going, he's our guy. And as soon as... And it's the same for any team. If your fans say, that's our guy... We're backing him. Things change quickly. And I think he's, as much as there's other things in terms of the playing, uh, in terms of what Scott said, in terms of Valorant and Akrad, but if, if, if Aaron Fox could do something that just goes and gets more fans to quickly change going, do you know what, actually? I'll argue for that guy. Things could change slightly. But he's getting to um, very quickly to a last chance of him.
3: Just a quick bit of a random question, and this is more for like David and John. With, obviously we've talked about the consistency of Sheffield and Cardiff and mentioning about Fox looking beaten and, you know, for all we know, he could be going in the locker room and putting a rocket hole in their asses. We just don't see that. Do you think Cardiff and Sheffield both sort of know the title race is over and have one eye on playoff mode and Without wanting to sort of blow smoke up the Blazers' ass, Blazers finishing fifth, right? We all know that. That's the only position in the league that's pretty much nailed on. The fourth place team plays Coventry. I, again, without trying to be biased, it's not a great quarterfinal tie. If you know that the league title's over, is there a bit more pressure on finishing third? to avoid that tie against the Blaze, Is that something that could be in the back of their minds, are these players sort of thinking, shit, we've got a bit of pressure because we need these points to to avoid them and play Manchester or Nottingham, for example. Not that anything to give them, as I say, but is that maybe a factor, do you think?
1: I would have probably thought neither coach, up until this weekend, thought their title was done. Perhaps now they do. Perhaps now they wouldn't admit it because... We've talked about anything can happen. I think if you're being realistic, if you're DuPont or Fox, you've got to be building towards the playoffs right now. You've got to assume that Belfast is going to win out and they're going to win the league or, or, or Guildford, whichever one, because they've left themselves a lot to do. It's a tough one because I spoke recently, I, I think Coventry one of the last teams you want to play in the playoffs. They really are. Um, but then is fourth or third. Better or worse than the other, because the reality is, okay, depending how the season finishes, do you play Nottingham? Do I want to play Nottingham really before the playoffs? I wouldn't want to play Nottingham by choice either, especially with Corey at the helm. If Gary Graham was still coaching, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't care about playing Nottingham, whoever, you know, was playing for my team. It's a tough one, I think, because Coventry is, but then, a commentary yet in playoff mode? I don't know. Are they, have they been cruising for the last few months with no pressure on them? They couldn't go up any further. They couldn't drop any further. Are they playing playoff hockey yet? Maybe not. I don't know. I just think that it's a lottery, isn't it? You know, At the end of the day, whether you come third, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever, you're pretty much playing against each other, and that could be any one of three or four different teams. Unless you're Belfast or Guildford now playing one of the Scottish teams, all the games are going to be tough. I just think it's wherever you are, try to win as many games as you can, finish where you finish, and then worry about who you play come the quarter-finals and you deal with it then. I, I don't think it's a, a, a case of trying to avoid playing Coventry and you would to come third, then come fourth, because you, you'll end face facing another good team who's, who's, who's getting a, a clean slate going to the playoffs too. It, whatever happened before in the league, it doesn't matter. When it starts the playoffs, we all know, cheesy as is, it's a new ball game and everyone's got the same chance, so I just see come as high as you
0: can and play you play and just hope for the best? I think a great question but I think it's we're, we're both in whoever finishes third, fourth are, are, are damned because whoever gets Coventry the other gets Manchester and as it currently stands they're the teams that are just starting to warm up and really getting in on form so it's kind of who would you rather have? For one of a better phrase and, and apologies for the terminology what would you rather pick? Syphilis or gonorrhea? It's kind of that, you know, who do you, who do you take? Um, I think there's actually also more pressure on, on Fox for that as well. Cause last year, Sheffield screwing up against Dundee, not making the final four. Unheard oh, no, of no, 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 in that context. And, and again, the other thing is as well, fair to Dundee. So for Sheffield, there's pressure to make the final four. Again, hooker by crook. Would you want? Who would you, who would I rather have? I think I'm with Johnny. I, I, I don't care. In the respect of, the likelihood is Saturday away, Sunday home. Without the gap with the semi-final of the chance Cup, do what you can. Take it to the home game and just go toe-to-toe and just give everything to make the final four. From a Sheffield perspective, they need... It, actually, there's an element of pressure that they need to make the final four. OK, there's no, Obviously, in the sport, there's no guarantees, but Again, with the reputation, with everything put to, with the budgets and all the opportunities given to the coaching staff to put a team on to win stuff, to not let the Final Four two years on the trot is uncharted territory. And people don't keep jobs when then things happen.
2: As for the comment about the Blaze, are they cruising? Uh, I don't think so. With making two signings with a goalie. Uh, who played on Sunday night. He was, he was solid bringing in the forward as well. We are trying to win that playoffs and bring on anyone we play. Um, talking of trophies, there is a final this week. Belfast versus Fife. Logistically impossible, apparently, but the place is sold out. Um, jump thoughts.
1: Mayor. Mayor. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest with you, we all know what we want, we all know what's going to likely happen, I just only hope Fife can go over there, Mr. Owen does what Mr. Owen is capable of doing, and sends home 7,000 Northern Irish people sad, but I don't believe is possible. Fair fucks to Fife, I am absolutely buzzing for their fans, they don't expect to get these kind of days out, do they really? it's a shame it was on a Wednesday in Belfast which we all know is impossible to get to and it takes about three days worth of travelling and about four grand to get there but yeah it's it's a shame you know we all want to see smaller teams competing and we all want to see different teams in the final but now we've got it I'm underwhelmed I'd rather see two big boys going at it I really would and that sounds boring as hell I'd rather see a Sheffield and a Belfast a Cardiff Belfast because every time they play in these big finals they absolutely Smash each other up in their barn burners. I'm just, con- I'm just concerned is that it? it'll be a six-one easy home win, and then it's just like yeah, that's that's a showpiece final, and no one wants to see that.
3: Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, the past what the past three games, Belfast and Fife have played. Belfast have scored seven, nine, and five. So, I mean, you're not you want to hide into nothing really if you're 5 you. Um, I kind of agree as. You know, I think everyone in the league wants Fife to do it and wants Fife to win. Um, But realistically, do you think it's going to happen? Probably not. Um, Love it, they did, obviously. But yeah, I think everyone likes the underdog story, like John's just said. But then when you actually get it and it's like, "Mm, would I rather it was Belfast Sheffield? Probably. It's more entertaining as a neutral. Um, I guess the best thing we can do is if John can call 5 crap and predict they're going to lose, then they'll win. So, John, over to you for the uh, prediction.
1: (laughs) Okay, I'm not sure what to do here, because if I say 5 for crap, then obviously, and they win, that's that's great. But if I predict them to win, they're likely to lose. So I'm predicting a 6-1 easy Belfast result, because my predictions are so good. There we go. That's what I'm going to go with. But five-five crap. Let's imagine my bets a little bit there.
0: This is Five's biggest game in a long, long time. They're taking five, six hundred fans to a fixture that was a line that was said last year by Cardiff. I don't really call any other people really say it this year, but Belfast likes to repeat themselves a lot. Um, Logistical challenges and all that. I think it's fantastic that the kingdom's going over to, to the final. I would love it. I've said it, you know, after they dictate on us. I'd love it if they did it. I really would. Um and again, Todd Dutchum's moment in the sun. How good would that be? Do you know what? Any photo I want to see from that from next Wednesday is him centerized with that cup towards his fans. How good would that photo be? With everything he's done, everything's he gone through, what a photo that'd be. <sighs> you know what? I, you, logic says Belfast will smash him. It's a one-off game. What happens if they get a greasy one-goal lead and Owen does Owen things? And we know he's able to do that. He did it in the second leg. It's, it's, he can't rule them out. It's a one-off game. Roll the dice. Who cares? But they're, they're going to have a loud contingency behind them. They were loud in the second leg and that was only about 300. You double that. In a smaller place. It's going to be a great atmosphere. Um, look, it'll be great on the TV as they've reminded us on every advert since they won us, and like, just might just not give a toss. Um, but no, I, I'd love it if that fife did it, just to, you know what, it give them the shoot up the arm that they need. I think I think it also actually do it for Scotch hockey as well, because then Dundee and Glasgow, shit, they've got one of the major trophies. And five will milk it, and rightfully so, if they were to do it. We've got to up our game. We've got to start being better. We can't just you know, cut corners for shits and gigs. It could be good. You know what? If Fife was to do it, it wouldn't just be good for them, but it could be good for Scottish hockey. Because are you telling me that the Fife foot are not going to milk it over their local rivals? Christ my man. You know what that's
1: That's up. a good show. That's a good show. I think for that reason alone, it just shows Scottish hockey that new teams can potentially compete. But the biggest thing for me is... I want Fife to win just to take away that chance of Belfast getting a Grand Slam. We do not need a Grand Slam in Belfast, people. So come on, Fife. Come on, Guildford. Whoever. Just take them first two trophies off the table. And the playoffs, everyone can relax. You do not need Belfast going into like April talking about Grand Slams again.
2: I think we'll be relaxed in the playoff week anyway, mate. <laughs> um... Oh Flower of Scotland would be lovely. Um yeah, they have a chance. They have a chance because we all didn't think they would have a chance in Sheffield. And then take in those hundreds and hundreds of fans over. Let's ruin. Let's ruin Belfast night. Because it would be glorious. But as I said last time, heart says five head says Belfast. So we'll see. But let's enjoy it. And a best of luck. To our friends in Fife, enjoy your night.
0: Yes, all all the best to to Fife um, and we move on from there. Um, Last topic, and it would be very amiss for us not to mention it. Um, This week, uh, a big announcement from Sheffield, not that they're not playing Sweet Caroline, um, it is the captain, Jonathan Phillips, has, has announced he will be retiring from the Elite League and Great Britain at the end of the season, a player with a thousand plus games in the Elite League with over 500 points, over 100 caps for Great Britain with 37 points, a stalwart of the game, legend both domestically and internationally. It's um, it's going to be very different in the 23 24 season when you see their lineup and you don't see number 20. Guys, I mean, I'll go John first because I'll. Um, John I was a, a Cardiff boy. It is, it is in fairness, he's one of them players. It's like when you see the, the big NHL names and they retire. It's like wow, it's kind of close to what, as close to what we'll get over here.
1: He's a, almost a one of a kind. It he, he, he genuinely is. When you think of how far he's come from the young guy that kind of came through at Cardiff when it was still. Tail end of the Super League days when he was import stacked and British kids didn't get a look in. He was just a young little kid that just was around the team and didn't really look like he'd ever make a make a pro career for himself. Okay, then things happened. Obviously, with the the way the leagues kind of went and Brits then became a little bit more important. Um, just when he was becoming a bit prominent in the sort of mid 2000s, he went to Sheffield, which for many, 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 many years pissed me off to see a Cardiff boy. Doing well in Sheffield and captain in the team. There were so many years. I think. Oh, I hope he comes back to Cardiff. It was never likely to happen in reality because Cardiff at the time had no money, had no prospects, no rank, nothing. He'd have been an absolute fool to come back. And and he's he's now become a Sheffield guy. You know, essentially he's lived there for knocking on twenty years. So he's almost half a Yorkshireman now. The thing with him that impresses me the most is whenever you see him on GB trips, we've both been to many of those, and regardless of how they go at the end of the tournament, and more often than not, they've ended in heartache where we're all fed up and, and gutted, we've missed on promotion or we've been relegated or whatever, and he's always the first guy out. He's always out talking to fans, he's always thanking them for coming, and he's just a quality, quality guy. It, and you think he's come back from some crazy, crazy injuries that by right he's got no right being a hockey player still at this age to come back from the injuries he's come back from to still perform at the league level like he does play for the national team and he come back faster after injuries before even even faster than he was before you're thinking this is just a freak of nature he's almost like a bionic man and I think regardless of which team you support whether you support Cardiff, Sheffield Belfast Nottingham wherever you've got to take your hats off to this guy this guy over 100 caps God knows how many trophies he's won for Sheffield. And when do you ever hear single bad words said about this guy? Ever. Never, ever, ever. Goes about his job the right way. He doesn't look for glory. He doesn't court publicity. bit like Richardson in Cardiff. Just goes below the radar. Just a good fella. A good guy. Apparently good in the room. And it'll be a massive loss. It was always going to happen. We've always known this was going to come. I'm gutted from a GB point of view. Because obviously he's our captain. Um And he'll be hard to replace. But... Good for him, and I am just hope he does end on a high. If he can get to take us back to Poulet in the summer, I think that will be an absolute perfect, fitting way to end his career. Because domestically, it doesn't look like he's going to achieve an awful lot. But I think nationally, I would love him to get one more promotion as a GB captain under his belt, and I think that would be a great time to sign off. I just, I just thank him for all his contribution to what he's given us over the years and for the memories he's given me as a GB fan.
2: what a a career he is one of the lasting members of when I first started watching hockey in 2000 he was in Cardiff and little stint in Milton Keynes and I'll be honest he used to really piss me off with his big nose, moaning to refs all the time, being that captain, being that leader, scoring goals and to be the captain of the Sheffield Steelers for as long as he has which is. As we all know, an absolutely massive organisation and they love him so much. It just shows what a guy he is. I've never, never spoke to him personally. I, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know him, but I respect him for what he's done uh, in his career in GB hockey. And as John said, if he gets us promoted back to that top tier, what a fitting way to end. So yes, Mr. Phillips, thank you for gracing this league. And I wish you all the best. <laughs>
3: Yeah, hear, yeah, hear. Yeah. Um as you say, you know, the captain, a legend of British ice hockey, he's done it all with it all for club and country, and there'd be no better way for him to go out than with some more success with G B. Um on the ice, you know, as you say I don't know him off the ice, I don't know him personally, but I've never heard as John said, you never heard bad things about him, you always hear how much of a a good guy he is, a good character, a, a good person and a, a model sort of professional. So, yeah, um congratulations on a, on a great career and all the best for whatever you do next.
0: A little bit with John, you knew it was going to happen. But when it did, it still was a shit. It was always like, from, from a chef episode. it was always like he was just the permanent piece of, f- of furniture. Never going to change. Uh, Captain for 15 years, thanks to Christensen, you absolute arsehole. Eight trophies he's lifted. The greatest captain in Sheffield history. And when you think from a Sheffield perspective, that title was held by Ron Shudra, the Lord Mayor. And you're better than him. You've done good. The only thing that pisses me off is that Sheffield haven't already said 20s in the rafters. There is no other. There's no. If ever player has has had a career that goes, yes, your number goes up. It's Jonathan Phillips, Um, the Cardiff boy that made Sheffield home, and I hope to God his last silverware, the one he the Challenge Cup wasn't his last one. It'd be great to see him lift one more. But if it was, if it's the case, we don't win anymore, and that's it. Just the memories. The goal against France that he set up for um uh, Ben Davies. The multiple wins in, in Sheffield. I, I could go on and on and he's, he's say he, he's kind of like always been the player that has always been there. He, he, he came in his first season and Sean Maltby was the captain, got injured, he took over. And we're all like, this is a ball move. I'd love to speak to the people, but we're all like ball move then to go, well, that was the correct move. And, you know, the rest of (laughs) the famously is a chat uh, before the Latvia game. We can't repeat what was said, but it's glorious. Um, you know, I, 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 I say I just hope that the next few weeks are as enjoyable as the 17 years he's given In Sheffield perspective, I appreciate he played a lot more, a few more years in Cardiff. Never mind the national programme. What a retirement present would be to captain the team back to the top table. And, you know, there's going to be more conversations, accolades, but thank you. That's all we can say. We, we, as hockey fans, like John said, do not matter who you support. And a few people who have chatted who support other teams, they've all said, if we'd have had the chance to have Jonathan Phillips on our team, we take him. So, you know, thank you, Jano. And, and, you know, from a Sheffield perspective, I hope it ends with a bit more, one more celebration. But if it's not for everything that he's done and for country, you've done, you've done well to be very proud of as his, a his career. Um, unless anybody else has got any more to say about Jano, um.
1: For me, you weren't just gone? quick last point. Yeah. For- yeah. It's not likely to happen, but I honestly think that there should be a way, whether it be through sponsorship, through the clubs themselves, trying to keep guys like Jonathan Phillips when the time comes, Mark Richardson in the game, whether it be some kind of coaching of the juniors, your next generation, because who better as a role model to look up to than a guy like Jonathan Phillips, Mark Richardson? These are the guys that you aspire to be like one day yourself, and you just know they'd be good at it, you just know that they would care, they would want to give these kids the best possible coaching and advice that they possibly could. And if it's a possibility to ever happen, I would love guys like him to be involved in somehow, even on a, a part-time basis, but preferably full-time, coaching the next generation and give the kids a role model to look up to that will be there to back them for the next 3, 5, 10 years and make them the next Jonathan Phillips or the next, you know, Margaret Chisholm. That's what I would love, but it's a big ask right now.
3: Well, I think that's that's a great idea because as much as you like to sort of have your old ex-pros on, on commentary and punditry or whatever it might be, getting keeping them involved in the game and sort of how good they were, how good they've been. Um, you know, if there was a Hall of Fame for the Elite League, he's somebody that would be in there. And having somebody of that calibre, with that reputation to sort of pass on, that level of knowledge and and skill and professionalism to the younger generation would would be brilliant for years and years to come.
0: I'll end it on one thing, and slightly negative, but one thing that did piss me off from some of the comments um, from certain fans was, well, this is a nice smokescreen from the Sheffield debacle, and it's like a guy who's served so well, Irrelevant. He he will have told people he'll have got his bu- his business sorted to tell the right people because he's told obviously the team of Sheffield obviously um, Andy Buxton and Pete Russell it's his time and it definitely feels like when people say oh this is a nice distraction from the bad play for Sheffield it seems very disrespectful to a player of that nature. Now you could if that's the case and that's a lack of trust on one of a person not Jonathan Phillips. I just think I I weren't happy with that. I'm not gonna lie. Whether it is or not, I don't know, but it's more distrust of one other person. But that's not Jonathan Phillips. But well, then you know, congratulations, and hopefully he. Um, I w- I agree. I think he would be great, even if it's just kind of resilience coaching to players and juniors. I think he he'd be fantastic at that.
2: I don't think think we've seen the last of him. When you look at the career choices now made, going into the schools and doing what he's doing, he'll still be about.
0: I'm not gonna lie, I will not be surprised if he ends up across the road at I Sheffield. Yeah. And plays for the Steel Dogs.
2: The Mr. Phillips hockey career. And if will that's go the on.
0: case, there's some young hockey players who's gonna be very, very lucky to be able to have a bit of time with a legend of the game. So. But that's it, gentlemen. Um, apart from yays and nays. I'm leaving Scott and Lewis to last. Scrum. They don't deserve to be first. Um, John. Give us the
1: yeas and nays. Uh, I'm kind of scratching around tonight. I'm going to give the to that goal we talked about earlier on, of course, earlier. Levin's goal, you're not going to not see that. Not played for weeks and weeks and weeks. To be fair, it probably went round the world globally. You can't really take anything away from that, that guy. That was an unreal goal. That was unbelievable. And my nays would be that no team could put a four-point weekend together to chase Belfast down. So thanks you know, Gilford. thanks Cardiff. Thanks, Sheffield. You failed.
2: Lewis.
3: Uh yays, I'd obviously go with the Blaze, four point weekend. Uh Manchester getting four point weekend as well. Um is very good. And yeah, I agree with the uh the goal um scored on Saturday night. Uh what a beauty. Uh Nays I don't really know um, Dundee and Glasgow just because they're not really doing anything at the minute are they they've sort of given up on their season um, but yeah that's about it really
2: Ye's the City of Coventry Nays the Sheffield Steelers
0: He was waiting for that um <laughs> But the yays, Levine's goal, you got to go for it. Um, my over yay. Cardiff Big in the game. Better old school. Go to time, old school's appropriate. It was good to see. Uh nay, I'm nicking Scots, it's a stealer struggle. It's it's not good. Um but also my over Nay is nulpois for Scotland. Um this weekend. So uh, it's it's just not good not a good thing to see, but maybe Fife save themselves for their big game. Who knows? But that is it for this week's episode. Socials as ever. Twitter, Instagram, at 3on3podcastuk. Facebook, 3on3podcastuk. Uh, uh, Lewis, um, don't care that you're happy that commentary done well this weekend, but thank you for your time this uh, tonight. Great contribution as ever. Um, Thank you very much.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it. Cheers, guys
0: uh diva scott thank you for your time
2: can't agree with scott sport is crap (laughs) oh um we're also on amazon and google podcast now so oh oh, sorry yes, yes i did that uh bit of work when i was trying to do actual work this week but yes join us let's close the gate
0: let's close the gate but before we close the gate Good work on Scott. We'll give him the the due praise. Uh, That's it for another episode of the 3 on 3 podcast.